Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Hello You Show. I'm your host, Jessica Rice, and the founder of Jessica Rice Coaching. This show is for ambitious and visionary-minded women leaders and entrepreneurs ready to uplevel their impact and establish their personal brand and unique voice. It's time, ladies, to make our voices heard. Say hello again to the real you. Hello and welcome to the Hello You Show. My name is Jessica Rice and I am your host today. And this is the place where we come and talk about women's growth, authenticity, and how we rise up in our careers and businesses. And I wanted to talk to you today about relationships and what that means for our lives and our growth and our own health as we're moving forward. However, I do not want to talk about the relationships that you might be thinking about. I am not talking about love interests, spouses, partners, or romantic types of relationships. In fact, I am talking about the relationships in our careers. And there are really three types of relationships in our lives that are so important for us to grow and nurture and know how to operate in and around in our careers. And so the three that I've identified, the first one is the trusted advisor. And the second relationship is the business partner. And the third relationship is the backstabber. I know, how is that the relationship that we wanna cultivate? Don't worry, I'm going to get into it and I'm going to break it down for each type of relationship so that you know exactly what I'm talking about and how you can approach each one in a way that is beneficial for your career, your growth, your leadership, and your own health, your brand health. So I really want to start with the most tricky one. And that is the backstabber. Now, I know that sounds really harsh. In fact, they may not be a backstabber. They might just be someone who takes credit for our work or undermines us or overly self-promotes. But in the end, it's really someone that we struggle with trust. We struggle with having trust with them and them earning our trust. And sometimes these types of relationships, they don't have the self-awareness required to earn our trust. And so it's really important that we understand this distinction about earning our trust because it's so, so crucial that we consider this. Oftentimes in our careers, we're really thinking about how do we earn someone else's trust? And we spend so much time trying to earn their trust, that we forget that earning our trust is just as important. And so sometimes if we're spending way too much time there, that can be to the detriment of our own careers and our own growth and up-leveling because we either spend too much time in this area and not enough time in other areas, or we get burned. And so it's really important that we understand how we can maneuver 
in scenarios where we're dealing with different people that we just don't fully trust. We've got different feelings that are coming up for us. Maybe there's anxiety or worry or fear or anger or frustration. And we don't really know how to respond or how to deal with people in our lives who are bringing forth these types of emotions. This is where emotional intelligence really can come into play because now we're really having to work that muscle in such a deeper way. And it's challenging. But trust again, it's a two-way street. And you have to learn to set your own boundaries with other people. And this is so that you can, A, you can look at the situation for what it is. It's an acquaintance, okay? This is a working relationship. It is not a friendship. It's an acquaintance. Two, you need to understand what key triggers come up for you before you overly trust someone so that you aren't divulging information that's not intended for them. And it's really only intended for those closer circles in your lives. And then three is really working through the situation in a way that keeps you in integrity. This is so important because when these types of feelings start to come up, there's a number of things that can start to happen. Either we're pouring too much of ourselves into this other person where we're now potentially sacrificing or putting ourselves into jeopardy because we're trying too hard to be liked, to be pleased, all of the things that come up with those types of scenarios. Or in that process, we share things that they shouldn't really know, just trying to get them to like us. Or we react in the other way. We start complaining about them. We start losing value. We lose face. We might even go up to a senior person and say something that's not appropriate. So we want to save ourselves from falling into these little traps that can come up because really in the end of the day, these are emotions that we're just struggling to figure out, to understand, and know how to handle. But sometimes without further inspection, we start going down other paths that are not healthy for us and don't really lend us the type of outcome that would be most beneficial. So I have some series of questions that I want you to consider as you're thinking about how you handle what I call the backstabber. Because sometimes in these scenarios, that's how we feel. We feel like we have been rejected or backstabbed or undermined or a variety of feelings that can come up. So how can you choose to look at this individual or this scenario differently? And so the first thing I consider you to ask is how can you appreciate their naivety? Maybe they're just naive. Maybe they don't know better. Maybe their maturity in their role hasn't grown enough for them to see how to truly lead, how to you know, create relationships and nurture them, how to work well with other people. Can you understand their perspective? They might have insecurities. They might not feel heard or seen or valued. And so then therefore they go forward and they present themselves in inappropriate ways. Can you see where insecurities that they might have are leading to 
different types of behaviors, including with yourself. The next thing I challenge you to ask yourself is, what types of fear or concern or worry are evoked when you're dealing with this person? Do they highlight aspects of yourself that you might feel deficient in? Do they intimidate you in some way? Do you feel disrespected by their actions? Do they fill some sort of gap that you feel you don't in your role or your company? And do they have the power to influence your role? And really think about these types of questions and ask yourself, what is that deep fear, that unspoken thing, something you would never share with anyone else, but is still coming up for you? when you're thinking about this individual and working with them and talking with them or hearing about them. Sometimes getting to the root of what it is can actually bring that healing and expose other more positive solutions to deal with it than rather than letting it fester inside of us and then feeling guilt and shame for even feeling some of the things that we're feeling. So really challenge yourself to ask could some of those things be coming up for me? Is there an unspoken fear that they evoke from you? So if you can go that far, then I challenge you to ask, you know, do they truly have the power to impact others' opinions of you? Where is your standing in your company and your role? Where is your standing with your boss? Is this even true? Can you stand on your own merit, your own value, your own worth that you bring? Do they have similar apprehensions about you? I think we just talked about that. Do they have similar concerns and do they feel similar about you as you do about them? Is there anything you've done to create this behavior? Be honest with yourself. Sometimes we all make mistakes. Sometimes we show up in different ways and we don't realize how we are perceived. Is there any reflection in there about how we have shown up? And can some of that be altered? Do they outshine or highlight any of your own deficiencies? Is that a concern for you? Or is that really shedding light on you? Is their actions or their strengths something that is making you look less than? Is there room for both of you? You may not need to have an us versus them scenario. You might be able to just stand on your own two feet fine. And there is room for both of you. Sometimes as women, we are trained to compete with one another. Could be another male colleague as well. But competition starts to rise up. We start to feel those prickly feelings. We don't really know what to do about it. And if we can just let that settle sometimes, then we can really decide, is there really enough room for both of us? Do their actions impact other views or other people's views of me? Is something that they're doing or saying really going to change the way someone else feels about you? Do they have that level of power and influence? Really ask yourself, is it true? Because then what you can do is you can start to think about how to solve this problem, how to make your way through it, and how to work with them in a way that is professional, 
So then you can finally ask yourself a couple of other questions on how you can approach the situation. One is, what can I do to help myself feel less uneasy? Another is, what can I do to help them feel secure or appreciated? Maybe that's what they need from you. Maybe they need to hear from you that you took notice of something. And maybe that would help them and the little things that start coming up for them to ease. What can I do to nurture a rapport? I didn't say go out and be their best friend. Can you nurture a rapport with them? What can I do to establish a working relationship or even a sense of loyalty? Sometimes when it's even the most benign things, we can at least start to establish that rapport and loyalty from someone else, even if there's pieces of that relationship that don't warrant 100% absolute trust. What can I do then that will make them feel better about this situation? And what can I do to make me feel better about this situation? How can I help us both? What do they need from me that I haven't given? What do I need from them to better perform my role? Is there anything that you need from them to perform your role? Is that even required? And how can I shine my own light without worry of their influence? Remember, sometimes we take on or perceive other people's actions and behaviors as something wrong with us. That's our ego coming into play. That's us looking at our deficiencies and that's us looking at someone else and comparing ourselves. If we can put a stop to that and recognize what we bring, that can really lessen some of the other feelings that are happening, even if they do something to us or do us wrong. Even if they try to steal our idea, we supersede that because our brand precedes us. So if you were in the process, you know, of this and you're uncovering what it, you know, what it is that makes them behave a certain way, and if you're opening yourself up to truly tangible solutions, you are paving a way for yourself to not only work through this scenario, but you can work and learn and grow in all types of future scenarios that present similar obstacles. You are capable of rising above and being the type of leader that the company needs, that organizations need, that can move through scenarios with greater ease, purpose, and confidence. This is you learning. This is you growing and finding ways that is mutually beneficial for the two of you to consider, you know, continue to work as acquaintances and still, you know, get shit done. And in this way, you are also not compromising or jeopardizing yourself or your integrity. I feel like this is such an important thing for us to consider because it's this huge learning opportunity to better know and understand ourselves, what triggers us, and how to get ahead of it so that we don't fall into this path or this trap in the future. So when we truly have boundaries in place, that we can support knowing our own worth, what we bring to the table, and then we can be you know, less rocked by others 
behaviors and perceived intentions, then we can stay the ground. We can be solid and we can move forward confidently. So that is relationship. So the next relationship to really talk about then that we can grow from is establishing business partnerships. Business partnerships are exactly how it sounds. These are key people that we can connect with and that help us learn and grow in both our roles as well as for them. And it increases awareness of how our role impacts others and the business. So establishing business partnerships can really happen both inside and outside of your company. And this is where you actively seek out establishing relationships with key stakeholders, subject matter experts, and really industry experts. This is where you're doing more of the groundwork, more of the legwork, and really reaching out to see how you can grow and expand your knowledge base. And in this process, you are developing relationships. Doing this increases your awareness and scope of both your knowledge and your impact. And it's essential to really create growth and reach for that next level of success. So how do you really go about developing these relationships? And quite honestly, it's not as challenging as we often may think it is. Usually when I'm working with clients, this is where we get stuck. And it becomes bigger than it really has to be. And mainly that's dependent upon mindset and our own view of ourselves. The action in and of itself of establishing these relationships is more or less relatively simple and straightforward. The action is making the action. It's taking the next step. It's making the outreach and the connection and the ask. But the real work comes from within. So let's talk about the action part a little bit. So the reaching out part. Well, you have to reach out to make a connection. And that is the scary part for most of us. If we think about our own self-worth in this, that's where it starts to feel like a bigger mountain that we're having to climb. Because then we start to insert ourselves, our ego, our lack of worth into the scenario. If we're able to remove some of those emotions and just know strategically that this is something that we're doing and you know how to do it, then it becomes less of a pr problem or less of a concern. If on the other hand, they have already reached out and made the ask or a connection with you, then you're still following the same approach that you do after, which is maintaining that relationship keeping it nurtured, following up and following through to continue to develop that trust. So most of us get really stuck on that initial ask. The impact really then comes though from the nurture and continuance of contact. So the initial outreach could be an email, a phone call, a request for a one-on-one. -on -one. You can really use this time to ask questions, get to know the other person, and see truly how you can support them in your role, how you can help them. And in turn, that's what you know, you're learning about what they do. And that's really what the ask is. You're learning how you can grow by getting their knowledge and then how you can then give back 
which is why they would share with you, why they would sit down with you. Most people are happy to share some wisdom or knowledge with you if it's for intrinsic purposes. It's not necessarily because you are now scheming and strategizing. You're really just trying to get to know them and understand how you can best serve this relationship. And mainly in the sense that you're establishing a connection, you're networking, you're building your brand. And we don't know where this can lead. They may come across things or see things that you don't see. They may know things that you don't know. And so as you're making those little touches and getting to know them and caring about them, now they're keeping you in the back of their mind for other opportunities that might come along. And there's different types of opportunities and relationships that you can start to develop as you're thinking about business partnerships. Again, inside and outside, you're creating visibility for yourself and your brand. And these types of relationships are invaluable to you. So how do you really nurture? How do you continue the relationship after you've had the initial contact? You follow up. You check in with them. You see how they're doing. You update them on your progress or, you know, let them know about something that was successful for you, maybe based on some advice that they may have given you. You can ask them about themselves or other ideas that they might want to share with you that can help to support them. This is really a time of how you're bonding with them, creating connections, and just establishing the relationship. We don't just walk up to people on the street and ask if they want to be our friend. We wouldn't do this in this type of scenario either. So we want to make sure that this feels genuine, that it feels like something that's a win-win for both of you. Because we don't know. You have things that you can offer them. And in turn, they're opening up a world to you. And it doesn't really require taking up a lot of their time. This is the other hang-up that a lot of people have. Oh, I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to take up any of their time. You aren't if you are strategic. For example, a simple one-line email stating something like, Hey, Carrie, I just wanted to let you know that the idea that you shared was incredible. I was able to take it and create a whole system around product development that I plan to roll out with my team or my company. And so all you're simply doing is saying thank you. And I want to let you know what I did with that. People want to know that the time that they took was valuable for both of you. You can also follow up with other things like questions or just see how they're doing. Wish them a happy birthday. Wish them a happy holiday. Just do little things to keep nurturing that relationship. It doesn't require spending lots of time, writing lengthy emails, all of the things that somehow we start to think is what we're supposed to do, when in essence, that's the last thing any one of us want to do or want to receive. Relationships shouldn't be heavy. They should be light. They should be fun. They should be engaging. They should be easy. So keep it easy. Make it easy for yourself. And all you're simply doing is making a connection. If for some reason someone doesn't want to connect, it's fine. Move on. Make another one. Not everyone may be in that same boat, but there's plenty of people who will be and who want to be. And so if it's inside of your organization, 
set up different conversations with them, see, you know, what their role consists of and how they can support you. If it's outside, make connections through different groups, related industry partners, you know, make different types of connections. And then this way you can just strike up conversations. You never know where it will lead. So the third relationship that I really want to discuss is the trusted advisor. And this can really be a mentor or a coach. And oftentimes when I'm talking to people about creating, you know, a trusted relationship or a trusted advisor, this is when they start talking about their work spouse or a really close colleague. And while that might sound like a good idea, oftentimes it's not. And what you really, really want from a trusted advisor is someone who can do two things. One, they can be neutral and ambivalent about the situation and the outcome. And two, they can challenge your thinking and your assumptions. So when we disproportionately place value on close colleagues, close work relationships, they care deeply about us. And they also see themselves as part of our lives. It's really challenging for them to provide advice that isn't biased or slanted. And honestly, they couldn't, they shouldn't, they can't care more about your outcome than you do. When you're talking to an advisor or a coach, they know where to set boundaries and they know not to care more than you do because ultimately it's your life, it's your goal, it's your success. They can't be married to their own advice. And that's often what happens with certain mentors or really, really close relationships is that they want their advice to work so badly for you that they lose sight of what might be best for you. So if you can have someone who isn't married to that, who can be neutral and ambivalent about it, now it's putting the work back in your court. And they're simply able to engage with you in finding the best solutions for you to move forward. It can also be really tricky with really close relationships because they may not 100% agree with you. And they might lovingly want to challenge you, but they don't exactly know how. They're too invested in your outcome to really see it clearly. And you might become offended if they challenge you or don't agree with you. And that's a risk that they don't want to take. So you're putting them into a position that really isn't fair if you're asking for them to be that trusted advisor. And if you haven't established the type of relationship that you both have, now it's going to be tricky. It might even be slightly unhealthy if you guys are used to commiserating about your roles or even having negative talk or gossip. And their ego might even come into play as well. So they might even start to feel a bit of envy or concern when you're talking about how you're growing in your own career and your strategy to make it to the next level. So there's a lot of really important factors to consider when you're choosing the type of relationship, the type of trusted advisor that you need to help you reach that next level. And they really need to be someone who is skilled and trained in answering or asking questions and able to look through to find the things that work best for you uniquely. 
oftentimes another thing that we start to see is someone who they may have done it themselves and mentors often do this. This is the way I did it. But what worked for them may not necessarily work the best for you. And so if you can have someone who can see through what your needs are, what your strengths are, what you bring to the table, and then can provide you with ideas or challenges or ways to help you think through solutions differently, now you're finding solutions to problems that work best for you. This is super key when you're trying to think about how you can rise to that next level and find things that bring meaning, purpose, and value and how you display your own merit as you're growing. Really, regardless of where we are in our careers, establishing ways to navigate and grow within these three types of relationships is really an invaluable experience and a skill to add to your repertoire. Not because you're trying to manipulate the situation, but by putting yourself out there in a more meaningful way and making connections. This is truly the cornerstone to success. And there's always that well-known phrase, it's those you know, not what you know, that propels you forward in life. However, it doesn't mean that the relationships are happenstance. They are very deliberate. The most successful people in this world develop deliberate relationships. They know exactly the types of people that they are working with. They know exactly the types of people who can help them, who can help them to grow, who understand them and truly want the best for them. So getting out of our own way is really often the largest issue that we face when starting to work on these types of relationships, establish them, and really figure out how we get to that next stage in life. So if you have found this episode helpful, please reach out. Let me know what stood out to you. You can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn at Jessica Rice Coaching or Jessica Carl Rice. If you would like a copy of my playbook for reaching your higher goals and aligning with your purpose, go ahead and DM me vision, and I will go ahead and send that over to you on any of my platforms. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast really helps us to increase visibility. And this way you can get notified every Tuesday when a new episode launches. There are so many great guests that are coming on this year. So really make sure you listen in and join us next week. Until then, stay authentic and true to you.